towards the third hour. First up here on TSN 1050, AK and Coco with you. We've got Rihanna, What's My Name, my personal pick for the song that will open Rihanna's halftime show at the Super Bowl from Arizona on Sunday. A busy third hour of the program ahead. Jack Armstrong definitely likes Rihanna. I can see Jack and Matt Devlin before a Raptors game, you know, playing some Rihanna, dancing. Getting ready to go. I think that's a fair assessment of what they might do. Probably prepare for the game as well. Yeah. That's part of it. But uh, he'll be joining us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about the Raptors. And, man, I mean, so much news swirling yesterday. It was nuts what was going on. And, like, my group chats who are, like, these are mostly Leaf fans, but mm-hmm. very dialed into the Raptors They're as Toronto well. Fans, cause Toronto fans. Because they talk about fans. Jays. They talk about yeah. Raptors. I'm the same way. I've got a group chat that mostly talks about the Leafs, but when the Raptors and the Jays are in the news too, you sort of, you sort of talk about it, but you know, the, the Raptors coming off of a seven game road trip, they're playing tomorrow night at home. God, I'm trying to remember who they're playing. San Antonio, San Antonio. Antonio. And so we talked earlier, what, you know, the approach for the Raptors would be, would they dress the, the guys that are in the potential, you know, trade rumors, um, or, you know, do they approach this game as just another game and, you know, hope for a result, but obviously based on whatever direction you plan to go post deadline, is that the result you most, uh, desire, Mm -hmm. but it also gets me wondering too, AK, you know, my favorite spot to look at when you're talking about NHL gambling when teams come off of a long road trip out west, I think the same has to apply here for the Raptors in the NBA when players come off of those long road trips out west and they play their first game at home where they don't really have all the energy. They're sort of playing like they're 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 the they're the, the lethargic because of their body clocks being off and stuff like that. So, you know, we talk about load management, sports science and yeah, stuff like that. You're right. I wonder so, if the Raptors kind of feel the same way about this game too, and say here's okay. the here's the difference though. Here's the difference though. San Antonio's lost nine games in a row. They are fourteen and forty. They are horrible. So they're horrible. Trying to, they're, they're they're basically <laughs> playing with the same mentality. Yeah, yeah, coming yeah. Off of a long road trip. So probably not. Gonna I, play I, I guess my again. question, my my question for you, and I, I'm not sure if that applies tomorrow. They've also had three days off. I mean, they're they've been back Doesn't in Toronto matter. for for a couple of days now. Like leading up to trade deadlines, you been part of teams that have made significant moves and have sat guys out the night before the deadline maybe the day of the deadline or a couple of days before the deadline however it ultimately works out mm-hmm. and i mean I think everyone knows what's going on everyone especially in these days more so than at any other time in in sports history where everyone's following shams sharania and warjanowski or in NHL teams, you're following Dreger and LeBron. You know exactly what's going on as far as the rumor mill goes. But when you're a player and you're sitting out because everyone's expecting you to be traded, I mean, pretty good indication that you will be shipped out. Not 100% of the time. And that's where I, I try to defer to you and your experiences in that field. I mean, I'm sure there's been times in your playing career when that exact situation has emerged and you have to just go out and yeah, one of your best players is sitting out because he's likely going to be shipped out yeah. <laughs> uh, the next day for the deadline. Any situations like that you can remember? Um, not really. I mean, when I played in Buffalo, uh, we had a couple guys that were 
potentially on the block. Like Jamie McGinn was one of those guys that was highly sought after at the deadline. I think he ended up getting traded to Anaheim that year, but the last game of the season, he didn't play because they wanted to protect the asset because they knew they weren't resigning him, and he actually was a last-minute deadline move. Um, Keith Kachuk was one of those guys, too, in St. Louis, who uh, in the last game of the season, he played for us because he wanted to play for us. And then there was a rumored deal of him going to Boston, but apparently the trade ended up falling through last minute. They ended up staying with us, and it was the best thing that ever happened to us because we ended up going on a playoff run with him there, and we ended up making the playoffs that that last year. So there, there's there's the, the differences of opinions when, when it comes to this stuff. And, look, the only reason why we made the playoffs in St. Louis that year is because we went on this miracle run. Where I think we were like 18-3 and, and three in our last 21 games. And then we got swept in the first round by the Vancouver Canucks, the Matt Sundin Vancouver Canucks, oh. as, we, as we referenced earlier. Oh, that team show. was great. That team was yeah. great. So um, in Philly, I think everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. And then on other teams, like, you know, we were going in. We, we didn't really have a direction going into playoffs. Either we were, we were going to be buyers because we were trying to improve our team or we were still in limbo because we were a team trying to make the playoffs and we didn't know was it better to keep our players, not keep our players. So I haven't really been around many of those incidents, instances hmm. um, around the NHL where, you know, like the Raptors are, are feeling right now because I don't think I've ever played on a team that was this bad but also had this many desired pieces that the exactly. other teams wanted. And that's why the Raptors find themselves such a unique spot where, yeah, they're bad. I mean, they're not that bad. They're not San Antonio bad, Houston mm-hmm. bad. And I think they're probably better than they've played so far this year. I mean, they've got really good players. You know, like these are not scrubs that they're throwing out there. Just for whatever reason, they haven't been able to put it together and string wins together as far as how the season is, has progressed so far. So is that something that could happen in the second half? I suppose it's a possibility. I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that at least one of Gary Trent or Fred Van Vliet will be traded before Thursday's mm-hmm. deadline. Like, that seems like Well, a it's walk. the NBA, too. Like, at the NBA, like, it's not... The NBA's not like the NHL, where all you hear is buzz and speculation and, oh, this player could go there. Oh, this, per- this player's not sure if he wants to leave. Uh, he still has to make his decision, like Patrick Kane. The NBA is, you know, whatever pops up ends up happening. I think the most rare situation that we saw at any trade deadline was the Kyle Lowry situation in Toronto a couple years ago where he was so highly sought after. The Raptors were tanking, and the Raptors kept him on the team post-trade deadline. That is the most rarest situation I could ever think of in NBA circles because normally in the NBA when players like that are that coveted and that rumored to be traded – it happens. Some way, somehow, it happens. It's not like the NHL where, you know, you hear all these names and speculation and stuff like that. And you go through the trade deadline. It's like, oh, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't uh, muster up a trade. It does. It, it's it's different in, in compared to the NHL. So I I would be very surprised, very surprised 
if the Raptors on Thursday wake up and stand completely pat with all the speculation around their players? They can build up a nice class of assets, first-round picks, young players, prospects, whatever, and get worse in the process, which gives them a better chance at a higher draft pick. I think that's exactly what the Raptors need to do. They're playing the game right now. Ujiri and Webster know what they're doing. They're going to hold out to the last minute, get the best offers, and that's why they didn't trade Fred Van Vliet to the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. They had the opportunity to do that. They opted to wait it out and try to find an offer better than Spencer Dinwiddie and whatever draft picks that Brooklyn was willing to send their way. And that deal still remains a possibility. Perhaps it's Brooklyn who might need to up the ante if they want to bring in Fred Van Vliet. We'll talk to Jack Armstrong on the other side. And I need to tell you, the Golf Town's annual regrip event is on now until March 12th, 40% off select grips 20 percent off select shafts in store and online at golftown.com and we're celebrating here at tsn 1050 we're going to give you the chance to win a 500 golf town gift card follow tsn 1050 and golf town on insta like our latest golf town giveaway post and tell us who you think needs new grips in the comments we'll announce a winner here on friday jack armstrong next Alan Hahn from ESPN Radio in about 20 minutes. Oh, baby, two fantastic guests coming your way as First Up continues. This is Hour 3. Back on First Up, Aaron Korolnik, Carlo Koliakovo with you. Coco, a high of 4 degrees today, winds around 20 kilometers an hour. But in the NBA right now, it's like Twister with Bill Paxton outside. Helen Hunt, wow, I don't know how that reference came to my mind. I watched Twister maybe 20 years ago. But what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of talk swirling about trades, most notably involving the Toronto Raptors. Let's welcome in a man synonymous with the Raptors, one of our favorites. It's Jack Armstrong here on the program. What's up, Jack? Did you like my Twister reference? Uh, the game Twister? like uh, No, no, the movie uh, Twister. The movie. Oh, you, ever, you ever see that movie with, like, tornado chasers? No, I haven't. So uh, uh, I, I remember the Do you remember the game Twister? Oh, of course. yeah, of, of course. course. <laughs> what a party game that was. <laughs> that was a good time. I uh, do remember that, but I don't remember the movie. <laughs> All right, well, that's too bad. That's too bad. I probably should have consulted with you before uh, making the reference. But in any case, I think the the metaphor stands in that I think we can all agree yesterday was a wild day with the Raptors, all the reporting with the NBA insiders south of the border, with what the Raptors were potentially discussing with the Brooklyn Nets, with Fred Van Vliet on the way to Brooklyn. At least that was the rumor. Spencer Dinwiddie and draft picks coming the other way. What do you make of all this buzz surrounding what the Raptors have going on right now, Jack? Uh, it's buzz. That's basically what it is. Uh, I mean, we still have, um, you know, 56 hours or whatever it may be until things uh, really, you know, people got to make a decision. So a lot of it is, is uh, buzz. Some of it's being put out by teams. Some of it's being put out by agents. Um, some of it's accurate, some of it's completely inaccurate. And, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, it's like a labor negotiation. It always comes down to uh, the last second, unless someone's super desperate like Dallas going to get Kyrie and trying to be preemptive, uh, you know, versus some of the other parties that were interested in him. So uh, I, I, 
you know, obviously, do I think the Raptors have players that people are really interested in? Yeah, I would say no doubt. Uh, this season, you know, in totality, when you look at their 55 games so far, uh, just the fit, the connection uh, hasn't come together. It's been, quote, unquote, one of those years, you know, and, and unfortunately teams have them. So when you have one of those years uh, and you still look, people look at your team and go, wait a minute, this team was a fifth seed last year, won 48 games. These are the guys that did it. Uh, something seems amiss. Something seems off. Nonetheless, these guys have proven they can get to being in one of the top ten spots in the league. Uh, you know, a year ago as a team, you know, there is value. They can impact winning. I mean, by the way, you know, Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, even a Chris Boucher have championship rings on their fingers. So. As much as maybe sometimes people in Toronto might take a guy or two for granted on occasion, other teams go, you know, I'm looking for that. That could be the difference for me. So uh, I think there's a lot of value, and I think the fact that Gary Trent's a young player, that if you look at him, each and every year has gotten better. Each and every month here has gotten better. Um, And he's a free agent at the end of the year. I think he has a lot of value. So when you add it all up, um, I think uh, it, it would be shocking if uh, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster's phones haven't been ringing off the hook in terms of incoming. Uh, I'm sure they're making outcoming, outgoing calls, but uh, there's uh, probably more incoming than, than the need for outgoing because the, the, it's all coming to them. Jack, what would your level of shock be if in 56 hours from now, the Raptors stood pat and did absolutely nothing. Uh, I'd be surprised, but not shocked. Uh, because uh, Masai Ujiri is a very patient guy and plays the long game. Uh, I mean, they just won a title a few years ago. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's any concern for job security. So he's going to do what's right long-term for the franchise and the health of the franchise. He's not going to do anything uh, to mess that up. And, you know, there are other executives in this league and there are other coaches in this league, but I would not say that agenda exists. You know, there's concern of self-preservation. I don't see that here. Uh, this is a, you know, a ownership group that's very committed uh, this is a management group that is secure, that uh, has done a great job here, and they're going to do the right thing. And the right thing is going to be not necessarily what fans might want uh, in the short term. Uh, they're going to do what's right long term in terms of what their vision is of uh, building a, a team again for a new run towards a title. Jack Armstrong, our guest from the NBA on TSN, the Raptors and the Spurs tomorrow night, a game you can watch on TSN. You'll see Jack. Hopefully Matt Devlin's feeling better. Any uh, health updates on, on our boy Matty D, Jack? Uh, I texted with him yesterday. It sounds like he's doing better, so fingers crossed. Nice. Um, and uh, we miss Matty D, and uh, Jonesy did a great job filling in, and uh, 
Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we get uh, Maddie back tomorrow night. Uh, but uh, you know, aren't we? We're all day to day, right? A game time decision. I Amen, guess. brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> spot Pat, on. No, spot on. It is not day to day. Soreness now. Now the new word in the NBA yeah, is true. soreness. If you got soreness, <laughs> you can't play. Yeah. So I uh, know you're you're exactly right. Uh, Jack Armstrong with us. So tonight, big night in the NBA, potentially massive night in that LeBron James could break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for points in a career, what thirty-eight thousand, like, and, and a ridiculous number, a ridiculous accomplishment for LeBron. He's thirty-six tonight against Oklahoma City, and. I mean, you've seen it all, uh, your time covering the Toronto Raptors, your life in basketball, Jack. When you put this record, potentially for LeBron tonight, in perspective, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you as far as LeBron's greatness and longevity? Well, uh, the perspective first has to go to the man sitting in the stands watching him, and that's uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, formerly known as Lou Alcindor, and he was the most dominant uh, high school prospect probably ever coming out of Powell Memorial High School in New York was coached by legendary Canadian national coach, Hall of Famer Jack Donahue, and then went on to UCLA and played for John Wooden, uh, went to the Bucks and won a championship there, then uh, finished his career for a long run with the Lakers and was the most dominant, impactful guy in his era. Uh, you know, you ask anybody, and I remember watching him play with the Bucks. Uh, the end, you know, I remember watching him play with the Lakers, and he was a great, great, great player. And uh, it's pretty cool that he finished his career with the Lakers, and probably uh, LeBron will too. And um, so for LeBron to be in that category is a, a phenomenal achievement. Now, one thing I got to throw out there is that uh, you know, Alcindor played four years at UCLA, so didn't start his pro career until he was 22, whereas, yeah. uh, you know, LeBron started his career at 18. Uh, so with that being said, uh, you know, it, it just, and, and the pace of play today compared to then and the advent of the three-point shot compared to when Kareem played, and obviously Kareem wasn't shooting threes anyway. Um, all that being said, and I'm not one of those guys, ah, the old-time plays were better, this, that, the other thing. Every era you got to judge based upon <laughs> its own merits and what a guy does in his era. LeBron James simply put in his era, you know, and again, I'm not getting into the Kareem versus him or Michael versus him, that's for someone else in a barroom. Uh, it's phenomenal what he has done. I mean, uh, LeBron James has had a sensational career, and uh, we'll, go, we'll go down uh, in the same breath as the two other guys I mentioned as some of the greatest players to ever play the game. Who the greatest is, uh, I'll let bigger minds decide that one. Uh, but nonetheless, I think it's just, I just think it's awesome what he has accomplished, not only as a scorer, but I mean, when I think of LeBron, I think of him more as a playmaker, uh, just a, uh, our era's version of magic and just a, a phenomenal uh, connector and ability to make everyone around him better and a guy who pulls the whole thing together and is a galvanizing, positive force 
for winning. So uh, to me, I, I'm, I'm happy for him, excited for him. He's been great for our game. And not only has he been great for our game on the floor between the lines, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you look at and obviously social media and uh, how intensely covered these athletes are. This guy's a, a good family man, carries himself the right way. And, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone says stupid things on occasion. But overwhelmingly, the guy's carrying himself in a first-class fashion. So I'm very happy for him and his family. Jack, I, I think you're spot on with your last point there. I think, in my personal view, the most impressive part about LeBron James, the 20 years he's been in the NBA, has been beyond the decision, which was a mistake in 2010. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. That was a really bad career move for LeBron. But aside from that, he's never been involved in any types of scandals or controversies like so many other big-time athletes, massive uh, celebrity athletes have been. I think the fact that LeBron James has uh, essentially been unscathed from that, and you mentioned the family man aspect, his kids are probably going to be NBA players at some point in the not-too-distant future as well. Uh, it truly is remarkable. Hopefully he gets 36 tonight. He's, he's playing OKC, probably will. They gave up 42 to Klay Thompson last night. I'm sure uh, LeBron can find 36 at some point uh, this evening in L.A. Thank you for doing this, Jack. Always a treat to have you on the show. We'll do it again next week. Guys, thank you so much. And, Carlo, uh, you're not on the trade block, so it's all good. <laughs> no trade Thanks, clause. Buddy. No trade clause. Thanks, buddy. Uh, hey, no I've packed uh... heavy before on road trips. Uh, <laughs> luck- luckily for me, uh, I, 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 I brought it back home and not some other place. So No, no road call. trip. No packing heavy. You're all set. You're ours. We are thrilled to have you. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate <laughs> well it. Well said, Jack. You. Thanks, Jack. That is uh, Jack Armstrong from the NBA on TSN. It's the Raps and the Spurs tomorrow night, a game you can watch on TSN. Who will be playing for the Raptors? Nobody knows, except maybe Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. So, AK, I mean, just going back to what Jack said when I asked him about his level of shock um, would be if the Raptors stood pat. I think it would be a disservice to to this fan base if the Raptors did nothing and their explanation for doing nothing is, well, we're four years or we're ma- we're four years away from or removed from winning a championship, and we still believe in these players. Like four years was a long time ago. This team is nowhere close to what that 2019. <laughs> if that's their rationale, is. I mean, they should fire all everybody involved. If that's and, how and they get like four years and, ago, and, who cares? They had Kawhi Leonard. They right. had all these guys who aren't even on the team anymore. Who cares? Relevant. What have they done since? Like they they've 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 regressed no. because guys are getting older. You can see in this system, it has worn these players so, out. At the end of the yeah, day, sure. like. I'm expecting fireworks, and anything less than Definitely. that it's would be a massive it's fail job for this organization. No, no, I, I agree. And unless, unless you're announcing some kind of, or like, you know, you have something in the drawer with Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet, I mean, I guess you could argue that would be something that, that's kind of the equivalent of, or that would be the explanation, I suppose, as to why you wouldn't move those guys. But, I mean, if you're not bringing back Van Vliet and or Trent next summer, or this coming summer, then there is no reason why they should be Toronto Raptors following the deadline on Thursday. What they what they bring back, whether it's guys who can contribute this season or draft picks, that's a different question to be answered. 
But, I mean, it, it remains to be seen how it all plays out. We've got Alan Hahn from ESPN Radio joining us on the other side from New York. He used to cover the Islanders. Is very mm. dialed into the New York sports scene. So we'll ask him about the Your Islanders. Guy. He's I, guy. I'm a huge Alan Hahn fan. Very excited yes. for this. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Brooklyn Nets making some big news over the last 48 hours as well. He joins us on the other side. You're listening to First Up here on TSN 1050. We'll have Alan Hahn, the host of Bart and Hahn, nationally on ESPN Radio. He'll call in in a couple minutes. I mean, the New York sports scene never relents. I mean, it's 12 months a year. If you're not talking about the Yankees and the Mets, you're talking about the Jets and the Giants. And I don't know how much the New York Islanders. to be a sports radio host, man. I I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. I mean, there's just so much content. So much to get to. I, I I am always curious. Like, how do you allocate? Let's say you're doing a the first stop of ESPN New York. Like we talk okay, a lot so about the Leafs and the Raptors and the Jays. Yeah. I don't know. That's a difficult so let's, one. Let's just evaluate. Okay, so in the NFL, you've got the Giants that are always making news. You got the Jets that are potentially going to make a big new move at quarterback. In the NBA, you've got the New York Knicks. Everybody's always talking about the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets, who've been the biggest soap opera in the NBA this year. And then in the NHL, you know, the Rangers, okay, up until this year, they've sort of always been in the mix. And then the Islanders just make a big trade in the NHL. Like, just the plethora of well, sports topics to talk yeah, about in New York. And, and, the, and the Devils and have the been Devils. playing really I didn't well. Even I mean, the Devils. Yeah. Let's bring him in. He's the only man who can answer this question. It is Alan Hahn. You can hear him nationally on ESPN Radio. Bard and Hahn, one of the finest broadcasters at uh, the Worldwide Leader. And he joins us here on First Up. What's going on, Alan? How are you? Good. How you doing, boys? What do we got going on? Yeah, it's a very busy time right now in New York. <laughs> How do you but it handle always that? It How do you is. handle that? Uh, are you kidding? You guys know how this goes. In the morning, you go, what are we going to talk about? And there's times <laughs> of the year where you're dying, like, what, what, we need some kind of news. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie, manna from heaven. I mean, he always brings you something. There's always <laughs> yeah. something going on with him. And, you know, the Knicks are, are oh, that, that frustrating team that rips your heart out one night and then, you know, has your heart pounding the next night. Um, baseball teams are almost getting started. Both of them are going to be very good. And you right. mentioned it. The hockey teams, lots of news going on on the ice in New York as well. The Rangers last night with, you talk about a way to come back from All-Star break. That was a fun one. The Islanders making a huge trade. The Devils have been very good all year. So, I mean, and of course, there's the football teams. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Am I running out of headlines yet? I don't know if we have enough time today. <laughs> do you, like, how, how long is your show? Like, we do a four-hour show here. Like, do you feel like you run out of time to talk about all this stuff? Yes. Yeah, we have a three-hour show, and we get calls from the very start to the very end with a lot of passion. Like, even on, you know, the Jets haven't played since the end of December, early January, and yet they're in the headlines because of a pursuit of, of Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. You know, and what, yeah. what's the latest there? And Aaron Rodgers playing at Pebble Beach, and he keeps throwing out little Easter eggs about his what he wants to do and all the Raiders trying to get him. So, you know, you get callers that we'll be talking about one topic, and they'll call and say, Never, forget about Kyrie. Tell me about Aaron Rodgers. How are we getting him? What's going to happen? So that's really what it's about this time of year. It's the best time. This time in the fall, the two best times to to have a radio talk show in New York. God bless you, man. God bless you. (laughs) And I'm with you. We love talking sports here. But, man, if we had that many teams to cover, it would be – 
I, I would absolutely love it. It would be amazing. Um, well, Alan, since you mentioned the New York Rangers, I just want to quickly touch on your thoughts on the game last night. How do Rangers fans feel about Jacob Truba? Because, man, has this guy made a name for himself. He, the, the, oh, yeah. the, the Rangers made named him captain last year, and mm-hmm. this guy plays with his heart on his sleeve and plays the way that fans love to see hockey players play with that physicality, and he backs it up with the fights and stuff like that. If there was a popular guy on the team, would he be one of them with the fans? He's definitely, yeah, I think he's one of them. I don't know if he's in the top three. I mean, they they love Igor, obviously, and, and Zibanejad and Panera. Like, those are guys that really stand out. In New York, they always love the young guys as well. But, you know, I think Truba is what you want when it comes to a captain, a guy that's kind of your face of the franchise because he's a high-character guy. He wanted to be here, by the way. That was also something when they did trade for him a couple of years back. This is where he wanted to be. That's important as well. And he does play with the jam that, I'll tell you what, like, you know, my son plays hockey. This is, the game is not what it used to be. And we all say that, and we sound like old men complaining, but I'm not complaining about it because it's a lot more fun and open ice and scoring. But, you know, Kadri can't have his head down going into the zone like right. that. Like you got to have your head up. I mean, it's still it's still a physical game. And what Truba let him know is, all right, your head's down. Here comes the freight train. You know, and I thought that's one of those hits that gets the building jumping. It also got the Flames a little angry, which they should, and they stick up for their guy. It made that game for a first game after an All Star break. That game had like a sizzle to it. That was fun. But I think Truba doing that in those moments, and he's you know he's obviously been a big hitter. He can bring some offense as well. I love guys like that because I don't want that element to completely be gone from this game. I still think it's a big part of hockey. It's a big part of the appreciation of hockey. And especially to me, in markets like New York, it's how you keep people talking about this sport that I personally love so much, but doesn't get nearly the amount of coverage and attention that the other sports get in this market. Our guest is Alan Hahn from ESPN Radio, MSG in New York. I think the exact opposite of Jacob Truba when it comes to the NBA would be Ben Simmons, who is not tough, (laughs) is not resilient. And I wonder, Alan, if enough is being made about just what a remarkable albatross the Ben Simmons contract is for the Nets. Mm -hmm. And, yes, Kyrie was a poisonous individual, uh, you know, some of the antics and the things that he was doing, no doubt a massive distraction. But what the Nets gave up to bring Ben Simmons in, now he's missing games yep. with knee soreness. He is shooting 44% from the free throw line. He is like Shaq <laughs> and Ben Wallace from back in the day. You can't use him at the end of the game. He's completely unreliable. Right. I mean, how mm-hmm. irate must Brooklyn Nets fans be with that situation in conjunction with everything that's happened with Kyrie? Yeah, but do you see the outfits he wears to games when he doesn't play them? Like that makes, let, 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 you know, at least he's yeah. bringing some style to it. You know, I mean, at least you get a little something for the gram every now and then. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, they gave up James Harden. James Harden didn't want to see. Here's where it all begins, and it all—it's funny how it's six degrees of Kyrie Irving, because the reason why you have Ben Simmons in the first place is because of Kyrie Irving. How's that? Because you trade for James Harden, which is what Kevin Durant wanted. You get him, you bring him in, you got this big three, and now you should be the favorites to win it all. And James Harden was so like, like he wanted nothing to do with Fed being up. there from almost the minute he got there. He shows up and then he realizes one thing, which is you know a, a realization that they have to have in, in Brooklyn. 
is they get there and they think, all right, we've got star power on top of star power. We are the it team, right, in this market in New York, which loves basketball. No, nobody cared. He was – so James Harden, when they asked him to do, like, little commercial spots and social media stuff to help promote playoff ticket sales. Think about that. I'll sign this for you if you buy playoff tickets. Think about that. Three stars, huh. that level. And everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're not the Knicks. You're not playing at the Garden. We don't care. And, and so once he saw that, and then on top of it, when Kevin Durant was hurt, Kyrie and he just did not get along. James didn't like what he was seeing. And he's like, get me out of here. This is not worth it for me. This doesn't help me at all. I don't like being second fiddle in this town. Get me out of here. And then Daryl Morey saves him and brings him to Philly. So because of that, because of the Kyrie stuff, because he and Kyrie couldn't get along, Kyrie did not welcome him with open arms, that they actually uh, butted heads a lot in practice. They have to make this trade. And by making the trade, they say, okay, well, we'll take Ben Simmons. We'll see if we can rehabilitate him because he didn't want to play in Philly. And that didn't happen. It's only gotten worse to where Ben Simmons just finds reasons not to play. How about this part? The Nets now are trying to find somebody that could be a really good, versatile wing defender who could bring some offense to put around Kevin Durant. Wait a minute. That's what Ben Simmons is supposed to be. <laughs> $40 million a year, Alan. To play. $40 years, million. $70 million bucks. Oh, See, I was million, thinking yes. this. One thing you could do if, if the Nets are like, you know what, we, we're just going to hit a major reset button, trade KD. The whole league wants Kevin Durant. But you would say, ah, but you got to take Ben Simmons, too. <laughs> and how many teams would be willing to do that? Uh, well, I mean, there have been a lot of negotiations, at least reportedly, between the Toronto Raptors and the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure you guys were tracking yep. that closely yesterday. Fred Van Vliet in rumors surrounding the Nets and Spencer Didwitty mm-hmm. draft picks. What do you make of the Van Vliet rumors, the OG Ananobi rumors, and Pascal Siakam? It seems like the Brooklyn Nets just love everybody that Toronto's got. Do you think there could be a match made before the deadline on Thursday? I think Van Vliet would be a tremendous addition for the Nets. I think he'd be a great fit for them. If they can pull that off, that would be something that would really change my mind about what they could become. And I think for Kevin Durant, he'd be really happy about that after losing a a scoring point guard like that. I I just think Fred would be a great fit there. OG, to me, the Knicks have been related, uh, connected to OG Ananobi for a couple of weeks now. And that, I look at that as a great fit for the Knicks because they really do need like a wing three and D guy to complement their starters. RJ Barrett really hasn't had a great year. This year he got paid, and he's just kind of been up and down. They might have to put him on the bench and have him become like a a bench scorer for now. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see which New York team makes deals with Toronto. Now, I've known Masai Ujiri for a long time. And one thing I know about, I love this conversation we had years ago when they traded Bargnani to the Knicks, and then there was another deal going on, and he wanted another first-round pick. And I said to him, how many first-round picks are you going to take? And he goes, as many as they'll give me. So I do think that he'll be hunting – for a lot of first-round picks, and we'll see who's going to be willing to pay up. But Fred VanVleet on the Nets would really open my eyes. I think that would be a major headline if they can get it done. And for Toronto, I guess it's time, right, guys? I mean, is it just is it time yes. to hit the reset button there and, and kind of look at you know Barnes and, and a few other of those younger guys and say we're going to have to retool this thing and uh, and do it you know with draft picks and through through you know developing young players again like they did the first time around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's time. Um, you know, you think about where this team has come from the championship in 2019 with yep. the same core. This has nothing to do with how we feel about the players, but I think just the group together has hit its peak. 
and yep. they just they yeah. just can't take it much further, and you just got to find a way to reshift your focus. So I, I with you, I, I I think yes, absolutely, they have to hit the reset button here, and I hope they do. I really hope they do. I, I'd be very shocked and disappointed if they didn't, especially with mm-hmm. the with the idea of what's out there to, to help improve this team. But in saying that, uh, I wanted to follow up with your your Kyrie um, explanation to this to this team. How do you think he's going to fit with Luka Doncic in Dallas? I think there'll be a there'll be a honeymoon where we're like, wow, this looks great. <laughs> you know that there's always that, and then I think in time, I'm not watching Kyrie as much because Kyrie right now knows he's costing himself money. And that's what it's about right now. And he also eventually wants to play himself to the Lakers, whether it's a sign and trade in the off season that Dallas, you know, can can pull off or something. But there's 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 something that you you just feel like he's eventually going to end up with the Lakers and LeBron. So this is a smart move for Dallas to take you know try to catch lightning in the bottle. And Nico Harrison, their GM, was an executive with Nike. He's known Kyrie a long time. But Jason Kidd, very influential in this whole thing as well as the head coach because he understands Kyrie. He's known Kyrie a long time, and they feel like, you know, they can work with him. They'll be fine. It's Luca. I wonder. Is he willing to defer? Would he be willing to share the usage of the basketball, the dominance of the basketball? Because from what I've seen of him early in his career, they had other players. You know, Christoph Porzingis was there. They played well in the bubble together. But then afterwards – you could just see that he just wasn't about, oh, it's it's time to call plays for KP now. Yeah, I'm not into that. And he just puts his hands on his hips. <laughs> like, I, I think that's something to watch over time. How much can Luka adjust to, at times, letting Kyrie cook because he's got the matchup and you just be a spacer? And I don't know how long that goes with him being satisfied with that. They've got to win a lot for him to want to put up with it, and it's up to Jason Kidd to just be in his ear and whisper to him about how important it is to winning. So that's what I'll watch closely is how well that works over time. In the first couple of games, first couple of weeks, it might be magical. It could be. But I don't know overall. And then defensively they got worse too, which as we know, come playoff time, that gets exposed real quick. Well, it sounds like the Raptors, as we're well aware, will be very active heading into the deadline on Thursday. Perhaps deals with New York teams, as you mentioned, Alan. So uh, we do appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Big fan of your work and would love to do it again down the road. Thank you for this. You, you got it, guys. All the best. All right, yeah. Same to you. Alan Hahn from ESPN Radio, MSG Network, studio analyst. New York accent, man. It's just meant for sports radio. That's the way I look at it. And I used to listen to a ton of ESPN Radio New York in my early days here at TSN. And, again, it was Ryan Rucco and Alan Hahn, and, and those guys were just holding it down, the New York accent, talking about the Yanks. Love it. <laughs> it's just, I love it. It's just great stuff. The Knicks and now the Brooklyn Nets, who, depending on how you look at it, and I, I do wonder how it all plays out with Ben Simmons, like as despised as he is by the Philadelphia 76ers fans. I wonder when it's all said and done if Brooklyn fans might hate him the most. <laughs> man, he's averaging seven points and six rebounds. He's making he sucks, thirty-five million. Man. He's he he's just sucks. bad. He is just bad. And and you know, I, I used to think I, I really did think that a buy low on Ben Simmons last year was a really shrewd move. But he had he just lost the confidence. If you have a guy on your team shooting forty-four percent from the free throw line, you cannot have them. 
in the closing minutes of games. You just cannot have them on the floor because it's just going to be you're just going to foul the guy. It, right. like, it doesn't make sense otherwise, especially when you have Kevin Durant on the team as well. What do you want? Ben Simmons shooting free throws or Durant shooting right. 18-foot jumpers? Pretty easy choice for me. So what a debacle it is for them. And I don't know how you figure out a way to get rid of Simmons two more years after this. Dear Lord. That Good luck. strike it at the right time, man. Yeah, he's got it's a amazing, new girl like, as well. You know, uh, after after everything this guy's been through for the last two years – like, I understand he was going through back, and I think it was a knee issue that he was dealing with. I mean, you could have still stood at the free throw line and practiced your free throws. <laughs> no kidding. I you think know, it's just mental, man. Stuff. It's just mental. He's no, lost yeah, okay, all you know, his confidence. You know, you know what I think it is? I honestly think he doesn't like playing the game of basketball anymore. I really believe. I mean, Alan just talked about him making more excuses not to play. Then to actually play the game, to me, that has nothing to do with ability. That has everything to do with mindset and how you feel about what you do for a living. This guy has lost all interest in wanting to play basketball. And it's clearly evident when you watch him play. He does not want to shoot the ball. They're paying him $40 million to be a difference maker. They're paying him $40 million to shoot the ball in the hoop. And he doesn't even want to do it. No, he can't do it either. Even if he did want to do it, it's it's an unbelievable fall from grace. And it's not like he's thirty five years old. He's he's young. He still he should have a long period of time where he's a quality NBA player. But for whatever reason, and maybe one day there'll be some kind of expose on what really went on with Ben Simmons since that game against the Atlanta Hawks, where he passed up that dunk, and basically from there everything's gone completely off the rails for him and his career. So, man, must be fun there in Brooklyn, just carving Kyrie and Ben Simmons every morning. That's a, a true delight, a true delight there. So thanks to Alan Hahn uh, for joining us from ESPN Radio. We also have Freddie Coleman coming up in about 15 minutes' time. Also from ESPN Radio, we'll get his thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup. Maybe he's got some prop bets for us to hit, Coco, because you and I have been discussing that off the air a lot about the color of the Gatorade, Rihanna, a big topic as well. So we'll see what our man Freddie Coleman's got. Plus Mitch Holtis from the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. He's coming up at 9.30, perhaps live from Arizona. I don't know if he's traveled down there quite yet. I know our colleagues at TSN are down there right now. We saw Davis and Kara Wagland. And Luke Wilson, I imagine Duthie's there as well. So uh, shout out to our team down in Arizona. We've got lots more to come here on First Up. And if you miss any of the program, make sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can see the individual guest segments and the hours as well. And while you're there, give us a nice five-star rating and a positive review. Or just, you know, nah, let's, let's go with positive review because Very you know, we positive read these things and, and we take it to heart. First up continues. More the fourth hour right around the corner. You listen to TSN 1050. Uh, the all Rihanna morning continues here on First Up. This is Live Your Life featuring T.I. Am I right, Chrissy? Yes, indeed. Uh, T.I. plus 200 on FanDuel to appear as part of Rihanna's halftime show. Probably could be worth a sprinkle. I do wonder how, of course, like, you know, if Drake is posting on the way to Arizona on his Instagram Pretty good chance he's going to be performing at the Super Bowl. And I don't know how sports books kind of monitor all that stuff because I'm sure that could be a little bit challenging. And I did see that T.I. in my research for some of the Super Bowl prop segments we're going to be doing here, uh, TSN Edge, FanDuel here, of course, on TSN 1050 as well. T.I.'s kid 
who's a six-year-old aspiring singer, it seems like, was doing a cover of a Rihanna song just last month that went viral. And you wonder how that might factor in to the possibilities of Rihanna incorporating different guests as part of her halftime show, which should be just exceptional stuff. So looking forward to that, and we'll ask Freddie Coleman his thoughts, not only in the halftime show, but the actual game. Uh, he from ESPN Radio in about seven minutes' time. But we're giving away Raptors tickets here on First Up Coco every week, all season long. Listen to our podcast on Thursday for an hourly clue to the identity of a mystery Toronto Raptor. Once you figure out who the player is, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors and the Orlando Magic. What a showdown that's going to be. We'll announce our winner on Friday. Okay, I can't even hype myself up for the Raptors and the Magic, but they're, low, but they're lower bowl seats. I mean... That's not, those are awesome seats that we give away, so you're going to want to check out the First Stop podcast while you're there. Subscribe to it as well. We've got Freddie Coleman. We've got Mitch Holtis in the fourth hour of the program. It begins next here on TSN 1050.